بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم الهمنا مراشد امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا we are discussing the chapter of bab al-sabr wa at-tawakkul and we explained right at the beginning how these two words go so unique in the present time that we are living in it can be said so loudly that sabr itself you can see in the world there isn't much this panic but whenever tawakkul came together with sabr that was that word was so unique he said it is tawakkul that makes sabr which is something better salt which is something that is sour but it makes it sweet so regarding the panic that it is at the moment i will mention a few points inna tabarakallah make it beneficial for all who hear it it should never be quoted out of turn every sentence now at the way you say it if the person misunderstands it but we have a nas we have a madar on which we base our understanding of the world and we ride on difficulties sometimes different from how others do ride you will respect everyone's method and his level of understanding but we also have one thing that almighty allah blessed the people of quran with which was called ya'lamuna zahiran min al-hayati dunya wa hum 'anil akhirah that there is a group of people who know a lot of this world but anil akhirah means what's coming in front they are ignorant of sometimes akhirah is the real akhirah sometimes just around the corner even in this world you we'll say a few days down the line then what's going to happen the message doesn't matter what's going to happen i want the girl now so that akhirah is one is the year after one is even just around the corner it is what was called the nur of a believer that he was able to see at a distance more further than what a normal person could see so regarding the difficulty that we are going through at the moment we also have principles which are high and noble and if these principles could be added to the principles of the people of dunya which we respect a lot and we will go out of our way to accommodate but if our principles could be added to their principles it would have made life so much easier for them because we all know with all the laws and all the suggestions and all the manpower they haven't removed panic from anyone they haven't removed panic from anyone they are trying to stop a problem but the man who got the problem and the man who's dying with the problem they cannot take him out of the panic and the people seeing him suffering they cannot take them out of the panic we were blessed with a principle that was the removal of panic mutlaqan it's hard to say it in the world we love because this word is not understood that even in the coming of death there should be a smile even in the coming of death we were told by allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam aktiru dhikra hadhim alladhat think lot of that which will break your desires so in the world today they all thinking about death 
Whereas the sickness doesn't demand you definitely going to die. They're all thinking of death. But how come death was supposed to bring a higher condition in man? It's bringing them lower. Them means we are not speaking of non-Muslim. We are speaking of Muslim. When the hadith said, think lot of death, it will put you on a high level of iman. Why are we finding that the thinking of death is putting man on a very low level? We call it depression. The reason is in thinking, it was understood, because Sahaba radiallahu understood what was meant by Aksiru Dhikra, Hazim al Mawana Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi rahimullah wrote this when he gave his bayan after the fall of the Muslim armies and the creation of Israel. In his bayan he mentioned that what changed and took the plane of Islam high in the air. He said in the ahadith we saw one mention that your enemy will come over you when you will be knocked with something called the fear of death. He said Allah's Nabi first drew the picture of paradise. He drew it so beautifully in front of the eyes as though they were seeing it. And now as they ran towards it, he said to them there is only one bridge you have to cross, then only you can get this paradise. They asked happily, what is that bridge? When a child is running and you say jump, he's not going to jump unless he sees something unique on the other side. He says when he brought them to the bridge, he never told them to cross a difficult bridge. He painted the picture of paradise so unique that in running to that paradise when that difficult bridge came which was called death, they were ready to jump over it despite the pain it would have. The pain on the body, the pain of separation. But they had something in front of them that took away from them something called hopeful mouth. It never meant remember death in such a manner that you get more scared. It meant remember death in such a manner that every day your eyes are looking forward. It is the breaker of what you want. Because you say something greater is in front. Death was never meant to make man in depression. The thought of death going to the graveyard wasn't supposed to bring a man back crying. It was supposed to bring a man back smiling. Even if he came back to his wife whose tongue was sour, he'll enter the house smiling. Say, what you smiling for? He said, I came from the graveyard. He said, so what? He said, soon I'm going to die. Then I'll be given a wife who got beauty like you but not a tongue like you. <laughs> That's... That is something higher, not something lower. That is separation to create a reunion. You separate from few, you unite with Lot. In death, the separation, the man who's going to the house of Allah for Kaaba, and he dies on the way. You say he was separated from the house of Allah, and he was joined to Rabbul Bayt, the creator of the house. In death, it's always one higher. So this notion of that panic, it is only Islam that got that principle, that I can remove the panic of the one who even is seeing death in front. But why are you scared? The next step is even better than the last. That's the first. We got very high principles in this game. So while I was at home, I wrote a few, whether we'll have time to go through it or not, may Allah make it beneficial for all. The first is, when we have a difficult like this, then we all are going to make dua. 
The dua is for the rafa, the removal, the lifting up of this difficulty, which they will never say on the first list, that the one who brought it asked him to remove it. That doesn't come in this. But for me and you, there is something that above, above, above everything is Almighty Allah. When I said above, above, above everything, Almighty Allah got a system of sending difficulties to the people of the world through two causes. Each one will have a lot of explanation, but we will just like bring it small. One is where Almighty Allah directly brings upon a difficulty. Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked, and we will take this whole lecture from this hadith. It is called the Ahadith of At-Ta'un. We will explain what Ta'un meant and the laws derived from the Ahadith of Ta'un. So in their era there was something, not amongst the Arabs so much, they hardly saw it in the desert, but they heard about it. And later on in Islam they got afflicted very hard by it. Over 25,000 they say, perhaps passed away in one of those Ta'uns. Ta'un wasn't what we're going through. A Ta'un, we call it like a plague, but the plague is not the translation for it. It was a certain sickness that would hit and it would spread very fast. It would create certain pumples or boils under the arms, on the hands. Around the boil it would become black like rotten or red or how you'll see sometimes purplish. Then the man's heart would not have a proper beat. Then he would start feeling nauseous, then he would vomit a lot. And most of the time it would bring such weakness in that person that death would come. Ta'un. Sahaba radiallahu anhum heard about Ta'un and how people run from it. Allah's Nabi then spoke. The first thing is it comes from Allah. Ta'un. It comes from Allah. When it comes from Allah, is there something called it's contagious or not contagious? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's first nazar on the people of Iman was that your eye has to be on Allah. And the fear comes when you have certain things which cause a result in such a manner that it makes man forget Almighty Allah. You see, example, when we say something is contagious, when something is contagious, it's a time you will not hear the name Allah at all. It will be understood, hey, he got it and everyone starts running. And whenever someone speaks, he says, this one is sick, but who he met? All what they're speaking about is called asbab. And for the people of non-iman, that was their talk. But for the people of Iman, normal time, man will always attribute to Allah. Although he knows a sabab is a sabab. He will eat food and he will even say, Alhamdulillah illadhi at'amana. This food made me full, ma Allah made me full. How many people got food but they don't get full? He will wake up in the from the sleep, he will say, Alhamdulillah illadhi ahyana ba'dama amatana. The sleep came from Allah because night comes to many but everyone don't sleep. And waking up came from Allah. He attributed it. But when the plague was going to hit Ta'un, when it was going to be an issue of death, at that time that word Allah was just going to leave at the time where man needed it the most. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to remove this 
First he brought the ummah on a level where he said la adwa. He completely denied the word contagiousness. He said there's nothing like this. When a sahabi radiallahu anhum came and asked him that but I saw this camel, it had a certain sickness, I brought it to many camels that were good and it spread amongst all of them. He said man a'dal awwal. Then who gave the sickness to the first one? And that man was quiet. That the first one, how he got it? Did it come from someone? That's what his maqsad was. That when it came, where it came from? The world can only speak about where it's spreading. But they must one more thing, where it came. That's why the first line cannot be the one who sent it. Can you ask him to lift it? They will not speak, they will say where it's spreading. But man a'adal awwal is a sentence we have been blessed with, which they cannot think about. Man a'adal awwal. Where it came, ask him to lift. Where it came from, Almighty Allah sometimes sends it directly, it is called ta'un. And sometimes Almighty Allah sends it indirectly. Here when I mean indirectly, I mean through the very people who we regard as the enemies of Islam. Some will call it a conspiracy. Some will call it a bigger hand behind the picture. Some will call it a ruling power. And they will have maqasid behind it. Whether this is directly from Allah, meaning not through the enemy, or whether it is through the enemy, in both, however, it has come from Allah. Directly without the enemy involved, Nabi Wasallam said, Ja'alahu, Almighty Allah made it rahmatan lil mu'mineen. So much of difficulty, but He made it a mercy for the believers. Indirectly through the hands of the enemy, Almighty Allah announced in Quran, وَكَذَلِكَ نُوَلِّي بَعْضَ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْضًا It is our system in this world that we place a greater oppressor over the other oppressors. So if there is a conspiracy in this, and that conspiracy is meant bring the world to its feet, Make the whole world beg for a cure. Make the world be ready to even lick the boots of the master. Everyone crying, I need my bank to come right. I need my business to come right. I need my family to come right. I can't stay any longer in one room. I need out. I need out. At that time, when the one playing the conspiracy game comes with anything, anything, no matter how terrible it would have been three years ago, but when man, there's an Arabic saying, خُذْهُ بِالْمَوْتِ حَتَّى يَرْضَى بِالْحُمَّةِ Grab him with death, then he'll get happy to have a fever. So if there's a conspiracy, then you can understand after one year, after two years, after this whole thing clears up, after the big bosses bring some cure, and the whole world says to them, thanks, 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 you saved us then you can understand that the fever is going to come after that. Then there's going to be laws and we will happily sign it. Laws we would never have signed before. So whether it is this way or that way, above all is Allah. If it is their conspiracy, we have a sentence which is higher than conspiracy. Your conspiracy is in your place. Allah's plan is the master plan. Whether it is directly from Allah, time will only tell but there's a way of making dua in each. 
If it is directly from Almighty Allah, Allama Ibn Hajar al-Qalani, one of the best books written on this issue of Ta'un. There was a Ta'un in his era. Look at the people of the past. Look at the people of today. Today when this thing spread, everyone is reading the WhatsApp. In his era when it spread, he wrote a kitab which today when they published it came to about 400 pages. So in one zamana it was writing, in this zamana it's only reading. He just sat and he wrote, and he wrote, and he wrote. That we got our own principle in this matter. So they write that there were certain scholars who wrote about the ta'un. And they wrote about the medical aspect of it. Which was also from the sunnah. Nabi Sallallahu showed us about medicine, precaution. And he said there were those scholars who when they wrote, they wrote about the batini. The batini aspect of this issue. Among them was, look at this one, Allama Ibn Hajar in his kitab, he wrote, that one scholar while writing a kitab on this chapter, Ta'un, he said, one of the great Akabir said to me, there is no better ilaj from a problem like this than kasratu salah ala nabiyyil muhtar sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, read so much durood, so much salawat, so much salawat, that you must come onto what the Sahabi radiallahu anhu said to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then I will devote all my free time for salah upon you. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِذَنْ تُقْفَى هَمَّكَ وَغُفِرَ ذَنْبَكَ وَغُفِرَ ذَنْبُكَ إِذَنْ تُقْفَى هَمَّكَ then your every worry, Almighty Allah will sort it out. And your every sin will get wiped away. He said, Kathratu Salah. So one scholar wrote this kitab. He wrote, Daf'un Niqma. Daf'un Niqma. A major calamity has come. Daf'un Niqma. Pushing away the calamity. Fi salati ala nabiyyir rahma. It is in durood on Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Meaning if you're looking for that vaccination, then it is called As-Salatu Was-Salam. Daf'un Niqma, pushing away your calamity is fin salati ala nabiyyi rahmah. Lot of salawat on Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now that kitab is a kitab we got. Not Daf'un Niqma, meaning any kitab on durood. That the world hasn't got. This principle is on our principle. Number one principle is the one who sent it. We will look towards him. In the manner of, oh Allah, left it. But the tariqah of dua now. So in his kitab, Allama Ibn Hajar asked this question. Because look at the kitab he named. It was a ta'un. And everyone was in panic. But what the ahadith had shown regarding the fabail of the ta'un. So he wrote his kitab, Bazlul ma'un. Bazlul ma'un. Spending what's necessary. Meaning making a great effort. Fi fadli ta'un. One place it's fi fawaidi ta'un. That have you ever thought about a ta'un can have so many benefits? Fi fawaidi ta'un. After mentioning the benefits, so many benefits, now he asked the question that when the ta'un got so much of benefits, will it be right to make dua to Allah to remove the ta'un? Or must you just say, no, I'm happy, bring another one, like so much of benefits. Obviously you won't do that. So when difficulty comes, 
When difficulty comes, ulama had ways of asking Almighty Allah for the lifting of a difficulty. Hazrat Haji Imdadullah Rahimullah once gave a bayan of normal sickness and he explained what a gift of Allah it is. And all those ahadith, how it lifts away the problem, how it takes away his guna. And while he is explaining on what a high level, now he created that niqmah. Niqmah means sickness, a difficulty, a musibati. He spoke about it so high, it became a ni'mah. Like, like this is a gift Allah has given you, sickness. Say mubarak to you, O sickness. And while he was on that high level, someone came. And when a person is sick, they look for any wali of Allah. And he said, Hazrat, I need your dua. And he started explaining this sickness, this sickness, this sickness. So the people around now are thinking now, how is he going to make a dua? After speaking about it, he's supposed to tell the guy, Mubarak to you, Mubarak. So he lifted his hands and he said, Oh Allah, remove from this person because of his inability the ni'mah of sickness and bless him with the ni'mah of shifa. Remove from this individual the ni'mah of sickness because of his inability and bless him with the ni'mah of shifa. That sickness also is a ni'mah, it's a gift of Allah. But it is not that gift that you ask for. But when it comes, Allah's Nabi said, لا تتمنوا لقاء العدو Don't wait to meet the enemy. But when you get the chance of fighting for Allah, it's a gift Allah has given you. But this is not the gift that you start saying, come, come, come. When this gift comes, فَإِذَا لَقِيْتُمُوهُمْ فَاصْبِرُوا he says, but the day when the enemy is in front of you, now accept this gift with sabr. Now you don't run. So the tariqah of dua is this. That, O oh Allah, lift this calamity from me. And do not deprive me of the sawab of this calamity. The calamity is going to lift. Lift the calamity from me. When Rasulullah wasallam passed away, it's mentioned in the books that a person came amongst the Taziyas that were recorded and they said most likely that person who said it was Khidr. He said, فَإِنَّمَا الْمَحْرُومِ He says, today everyone is mahroom. Allah's Nabi has been lifted from the world. He said, إِنَّمَا الْمَحْرُومِ مَنْ حُرِمَ sawab. The real mahroom is the one who will lose out the sawab of losing the Nabi of Allah. That in that also there's so much of sawab. إِنَّمَا الْمَحْرُومِ مَنْ حُرِمَ السَّوَابِ This difficulty is going to lift. But our dua to help it lift will be our favor on the whole of mankind. And dua prevents despondency ever attacking the da'i. We will make dua, Allah lift it, Allah lift it. And O oh Allah, don't deprive us of the sawab of the difficulty. Remember, it's not a difficulty only for the sick, this thing. It's a difficulty for the whole world. The whole world's prices might go up. The whole world will find difficulty in moving. Whole world's plans will go into problems. The whole world, some will get a stigma. You made me sick. A lot of difficulties come. It's not one sickness. Oh Allah, love this. But do not deprive us of the sawab of it. it bless us with that ability of tawakkul and sabr. And if this is from Almighty Allah through the hands of the enemy, their conspiracy. Then our dua adds one more thing. O oh Allah, lift it from us. One, do not deprive us of the sawab of it. Number two, 
And number three, and save us from the shar that they want to bring after it gets lifted. Because when the fever comes, it will be a severe fever also. So lift the problem. Do not deprive us of the reward of it. And whatever their intentions is after, O oh Allah, save us from that shurur also. That I'm not making dua for a bigger problem. That they saved my dunya and they broke my deen after that. But after that they came and said, I'll save your life. But now be ready to sacrifice your deen. The world will go happy. Because majority of the people in the world, if they're given a choice to love now and spoil your akhirat after a few days, they'll take it. Some will take it loudly. Some will take it when they don't see the akhirat getting spoiled, but it is getting spoiled. In the love of life, man licks very fast. So, and save us from the shurur of whatever they intend. So that was the first. That we see where it comes from. That's our principle, high principle it is. And then we ask Allah, you left it. Principle number two, during the time, we take the qiyas from ta'un. I explained this is not a ta'un. Ta'un was that sickness which would bring death upon the person. It would create that. It comes in the ahadith next to shahada, real shahada. Was the man who would die in the ta'un. It wasn't an easy thing. When the ta'un spread, Umar radiallahu anh wrote to a great sahabi Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah radiallahu anh. He was there. Umar radiallahu anh said, I have work for you. I need you to come over. Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah answered. He said, I know what your intention is. I must come out of here. I'm not coming out. I will stay with the people until I get them out of the area. The hadith had given unique guidelines in this. But the point we want to start with is, Nabi Wasallam spoke of the sta'un, the reward of dying in the sta'un. He said, on the day of Qiyamah, the shuhada will come, and those people who died in the ta'un will come. As they are coming on the plains, the people who died in the ta'un will say, Nahnu shuhada, that we also the martyrs. So the ones who really died on the field will look at them like, where are you the martyr? So Almighty Allah will say, okay, look at their wounds. Because I told you this thing takes out that pumples. And everyone runs away from you. And everyone blames you. It creates a stigma. And then you're just vomiting, but no one wants to come help you. Almighty Allah will say, look at their wounds and look at the blood that is coming out of the wound. If that blood has the smell of musk, then they are also definitely amongst the shuhada. Means it will have. But those wounds, they will come. What a maqam. So the ulama write, no one will stand next to the shuhada on the day of qiyamah except those who pass away in the ta'un. Now this one, what we are going through is not like that, but we are making qiyas on it. That if Almighty Allah won't lift that individual who passes away in this, to the very high level of a real, real, real shaheed, that he will be regarded as amongst the shuhada, on a lower level. But look at the narration now, it's going to explain what is demanded from the man now. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's word in this thing is, there will be no servant of Allah who will find himself in a place where a ta'un comes. Yasbiru. One is he has to have sabr. 
وَيَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ لَيْ يُصِيبَهُ إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَهُ Number two, he has to understand nothing will afflict except what Allah wants to afflict. So it's called صَابِرًا The hadith is فَيَمْكُثُ فِي بَلَدِهِ صَابِرًا That's the first. That he remains in that place. Now there's no running. Where I'm going to run? It's slightly different now which you will come to. But in that era, the ta'un would be in one center. Nabi Wasallam gave a ruling that if you're outside the center, don't go inside. But if you're inside, don't run out. We will explain why you mustn't run out. But just before that, the, the rewards. He remains in that place, sabiran with sabr. Knowing that nothing can afflict him unless Allah writes it. إِلَّا كَانَ لَهُ أَجْرُ الشَّهِيدِ he will be rewarded the reward of a martyr. Now under this the ulama say, look at the narration. In the narration three groups of people were mentioned. The first is the man who finds himself in that area. He stays there knowing that Almighty Allah does, well, that can happen what Allah wants. And he passes away there. He will get the reward of a martyr. He said, two other groups are also mentioned. The second is the man who passes away in the ta'un. But he hasn't got sabr. And he hasn't got this understanding that only that happens what my Allah wants. They say he will get death in the calamity, but he will not get martyrdom. He will get that same suffering. He will also scream. He will also ah. He will also feel the pain. He will also vomit. He must one thing which we call the high principle. He will also pass away in that calamity and everyone will be sad for him. But he will not be a martyr. Martyrdom was based on sabiran. يَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ لَيْ يُصِيبَهُ إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهِ So much he went through. But he must principle one. He lost the whole thing. And they say there is a third person mentioned in this narration. The man who stays in that place, what sabr, knowing that nothing can afflict him except what Allah has written, and he lives through it. He said he will also get the reward of a martyr. Because the hadith never say he has to die. He said, فَيَمْكُثُ فِي بَلَدِهِ صَابِرًا يَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ لَيْ يُصِيبَهُ إِلَّا كَانَ لَهُ أَجْرُ الشَّهِيدِ Dying was not conditional to be a martyr. He can live through it. That is the one I wanted to mention for us. Perhaps in this virus and that the numbers they are showing, very few in the ending are dying out of it. Many are getting out of the thing. But even the one who dies, and for the one who loves, both of them can get shahada. If not the highest shahada, but at least they can be minash shuhada. But what you need, one is sabr and one is understanding. When it happens, it happens from my Allah. Nothing can happen without my Allah. يُصِيبَهُ إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَهُ إِلَّا كَانَ لَهُ أَجْرُ الشَّهِيدِ As for why Nabi Wasallam did not want the man who is inside the problem to come out. If you are already in the area, ulama have written many reasons, each one is unique. And it shows the uniqueness of Islam. The first is, 
Some will be sick in that locality. And now the ones who are healthy are running out. Who's going to stay to look after the sick? That man needs someone around him. So you're like a coward. The second is, the one who's sick is already so downhearted. And when a person is downhearted, he got no himmat for life. That's why the hadith said, when you go to him, give him himmat. Give him strength, give him courage, tell him you're looking better today. Give him some soup, tell him this will make you better. The one who's so low already, when he hears that his very close family is also packing bags next door. He's calling his wife, Aisha, Aisha, she said, Jiri ji, I'm coming just now. When she comes, say, well, what, what you do? He said, I'm packing my bag. That man, if he wasn't going to die, will die. Then what I'm going to do tomorrow? Those people who were supposed to make taqwiyah tul they were making him more finished. He taught a principle in this. That don't be so evil in your nature that when someone gets the sickness, make funny statements. Say things which are like bad. Don't put the people down. In times where people are panicking, the ummah has been taught, lift up the hopes of people. Lift up everyone's hopes. Don't push anyone down. A third one, what the world only today realized, but was said at that time with such a unique word. That person was already in the area and the pa'un already hit. In today's time they say there's an incubation period. During the incubation period they say it's contagious. They say when the thing comes out then it's not contagious. But that's when people get scared. That's when people see and say stay away from me. But when it was inside and not apparent that's when it was contagious. The man who's already in the area, either he got it or he hasn't got it. If he got it, there's no benefit of him running out because he's going to take it to everybody else. And if he hasn't got it, it's because Allah said, you're not getting it. So if you never got it yesterday, why are you thinking you'll get it today? That Allah who saved you yesterday will save you today. You stay now. The world today has said, contain Nabi Sallallahu word of contain wasn't, he said contain, stay there. He just said stay. And in that stay, these three and many other benefits were also covered. A lot of benefits. Our problem, we can't make qiyas on that. They say stay, stay where? Because here the whole world got it. You can't run, you can't enter. This is difficult, different. But that hadith to explain why you were told to stay gave us some lessons. Lesson is, that you can't run away from certain things when you know you can't, then don't run. The hadith said, don't go there. But when you know you can't run from something, it explained it in two. He said, Al-Muqeemu fiha kashahid. The man who will now stay, he'll be like a martyr. The man who runs away will be like one who runs away from the battle. What it meant is, when a Muslim army is fighting, and you are now think I'm going to lose. At that time the devil puts it in your heart, run. But you have to think at that moment, okay, if I run, will it cause more problems or less problems? If I run, the enemy will hit me in the back. But after that, because we gave up and we ran, they will now come into our village and wipe out everyone. And if I stand... I'll give courage to another 20 to also stand. 
in our standing and saying, I'm ready to die, it might happen that line behind me might overpower the enemy. Because always you need a group who runs to die. They push the enemy back. So one was a man running, Al-Farrar, Al-Awwad, who knew I'll run to the tent. The enemy will not get there. We'll join again and make the attack. Islam was not against that. One was the one who was running in such a direction that his running was going to cause even more havoc. The narration showed this thing. That if you're already in it, running out is not going to help anything at all. Now make sabr. And you will have the highest levels of that martyr who saw the enemy coming. He said, I know I might die in this thing. But for the sake of many others who will live through my death, let me die. That is called that sabr. What principle I wanted to take out for today, because here we're not saying run, we're not saying stay, you can't say any. But the principle is that the people of Iman, we don't run towards death, but we also do not run away from death. Yes, we do not like that because of us, others must be harmed. We do not like because of us, others must be harmed. So that man who's in that area, his one sicker is that the man who's already sick, I can't desert him. And his second sicker is that if I got the sickness, I don't want to harm those who don't have it. As for me dying or not dying, I don't know tomorrow whether it will come out or not. I never ran to death. But I am also not a man who runs away from death. I will stay here now. I will help who I can help. And I will not cause problems to those who are not in the problem. That was taught in this narration. That principle we can all take today. When we are being told there are certain procedures to follow. We will happily accept those procedures but never with this frame of mind. That I am doing it because I don't want to die. The people of Iman have never spoken like that. Am I scared of dying? I don't run into death, but I don't run away from death. I will look at these procedures and I'll say, however, I don't want others to get inconvenience because of me. So if the thing is in me, then I don't want others to get it. So if they say self-quarantine, I will go with the intention of making khidmat of the makhluk. And for that I'll get rewarded also. And if the thing is not in me and they are asking precaution, then I will say my Islam taught precaution. Nabi Wasallam found one man who had a sickness which they felt was contagious. He came to take the bayat. He said to him, tell him, go back. We have already accepted your bayat. There's no need for you to come in now. Nabi Wasallam gave orders of precaution. He said at night you must cover the utensils. You must close the water bag. He says, because a certain time in the year comes when waba, a arm sickness comes down from the heavens. Whatever is open at that time, it falls inside. He taught us precaution. He taught us precaution for sicknesses with washing our hands. He taught us we will take precaution, but with what frame of mind? I don't run to death. I don't run away from death. However, I do not want to cause inconvenience to other people around me. I will take my precaution. 
But that intention, there is so much of reward also. And there is such a unique frame of mind that this is the demand of Iman. I won't stand up brave and I'll say, I'm not bothered, let me die, because that's not fair on the people around me. I will not cause them inconvenience. Why must they be harmed because of me? As for myself, I won't take a pillow over my head and say, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. I do not talk like that. And now we will come to the last. When we speak of precaution, the world will run for every zahiri precaution. And we accept it all. Allah's Nabi Sallallahu taught it to us. Zahiri precautions. And the ulama are mentioning it. That Allah's Nabi also taught us wash our hands. And he also taught us cover the utensils. And he also taught us zahiri he taught us. But always Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put emphasis on batini precaution. Because he called us people of Iman bil ghaib. That you a level, you a group who looks one level higher. He always put more emphasis on batini precaution. Batini precaution is that precaution which the world with the asbab of what is called maddiyat, they cannot put it on the scale. And they can say, okay, this is going to prevent that. Nabi Sallallahu when he spoke of the ta'un, he showed that the ta'un in it, there is the effect of the jinn. He showed there is a batini cause in it also. He showed the, the answer for it also. Our batini ilaj, the first is Qur'an. Qur'an is called shifa. Surah Fatiha is called shifa. Al-Mu'awwazatain is called yakfika min kulli ham. Sufficient for you from every shar, from every evil. We got shifa in Fatiha. Ulama in the past would say, read Surah Fatiha 41 times for 40 days. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. 41 times Surah Fatiha for 40 days, you'll see miracles. It was called as shifa Our Quran was called, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ shifa قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Because when you speak of whole Quran, people immediately say, hey, I'll give sadaqah to the madrasa, tell one student, read Quran for me. No one wants to read anymore. But surah, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Read it three times each, blow on your hands. How the whole world is sanitizing. And every place you enter, they're just saying, put your hands like this. Every time I put my hands, I look at it and I say, that قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ Must be read three times. That same hand, like how it is. Then you don't have to put that soap on it. You're supposed to blow on it and rub on your body. That soap they put on your hand, you can't even rub that soap. It's got that taste, that smell. Even the guy who's not sick gets sick when he brings it close to his nose. Now after I've got a couple of times, I'm keeping like, water with me. So after they sanitize me with their thing, I need water to clean that thing. That thing itself got that feeling. It's making you think my skin will die soon. Think about how many of us are using it. When they say it's spreading, do we have yaqeen that I have something called a unique protective tablet around me? Nabi spoke of a dua. He will say when you will see some calamity, in some narrations when you will see someone afflicted with the calamity, the word seeing someone afflicted is general, whether you see him directly, whether you hear about him. Some narrations comes when the calamity comes in front of you. Then a man who will read this dua, Almighty Allah, inshallah, will not afflict him with this calamity. 
So I will read this dua now. You all must remember this dua. If you don't remember it, understand the English of it, the meaning of it, that is more than sufficient. Alhamdulillahilladhi aafana mimma ibtalahu bihi wa faddalana ala kathirin mimman khalaqa tafdila Alhamdulillahilladhi aafana mimma ibtalahu bihi wa faddalana ala kathirin mimman khalaqa tafdila I thank that Allah who protected me from what he afflicted him with. And he gave me favor over so much of his creation. Hazrat Shah Hakim Muhammad Akhtar Sahib would teach this dua with so much of feeling. He would tell the people have so much of yaqeen in this dua. He would say that the man who goes to visit the sick people in the hospital, he said take this dua with you. He says it will protect you from their sicknesses. Rather, it will become an assurity for you that Allah won't give you that sickness also. You met the one who got cancer. I went to go visit him. I put that thing as a barrier. He doesn't come and now I know a cancer is not coming to me. So much of yaqeen. I thank you Allah. Alhamdulillah illadhi batini ilaj. The difference between zahiri ilaj and batini ilaj and this we will end. Is when a man makes dua. And when a man utilizes batini, asbab, when he reads Quran, when he makes dua, this world is a world where Allah is the Malik, he makes the final decision. Whoever makes dua asking Allah for protection, Almighty Allah, even if he does later afflict the individual, he afflicts the individual together with the gift of sabr. That individual doesn't fall in a panic. As for zahiri asbab, Necessary precautions of the world. That man who takes all those precautions and sometimes the sickness still hits, he goes more in depression. He says, I did all of this here and I still got it. World of difference between the two. Batini ilaj was always given precedence that it will never bring panic in the world. The khulasa of this whole thing is we are not a nation who runs towards death. We also don't run away from death. However, we don't want anyone else to be caused inconvenience because of us. But our highest principle is, we look to the one who brings it and we ask him to lift it. Batini, ilaj and precaution has always been preferred over zahiri. We accommodate the zahiri as how much shariat allows, how much the ulama, the fuqaha tell us. But we don't ever forget our batini, ihtiyat, tadbir, ilaj. Our nazar is on Allah. And if someone has to pass away or he lives through it, we have hope if he can live with two conditions. Sabr and knowing that nothing happens but with Allah's decision. Even this calamity will give him shahada.